When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Marvel Stuff Podcast. I am Josh Kennedy from Facebook. Joining me today is the lovely Right. <laughs> right. And making his Marvel Stuff debut, my brother, my best friend, Mr. Darius Walker. I finally got him on the podcast. We're all excited. Darius, are you pumped? I am thrilled. It's a pleasure to be here. Fantastic. If you guys didn't know, we are going to be covering Spider-Man Far From Home. Or, yep, no, no Way Home. Far From Home is the second one. But we are going to talk about the third one we just watched in theaters. And hey, I've, I've called it Spider-Man Far From No Way Home, so... Far From No Way Homecoming. That's... Actually, that's, that's what I accidentally called the second one. I was like, hey, I just finished Spider-Man Far From No Way Home. I was like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. They're all fun titles. I can't wait for the next three movies, but let's let's talk this movie. I'm here on the Marvel stuff. We're going to do a week of Spider-Man. It's going to be a lot of work, but I'm super pumped for it. So be ready for five episodes of Spider-Man related content here on the channel. And let's just jump right in. We both saw the movie on Friday. So let's say what's everyone's overall reaction. I really liked it. What about you, Darius? I was... I was pleasantly surprised that it was able to live a height uh, that it garnered throughout the whole period of time, especially just from the trailer and everything, you know, coming up to its actual release date. And I, you know, it lived up to the hype. I was, I, you know, I walked out the theater. I was like, first thing I got to do, I have to call Josh Candy from Facebook. And you, <laughs> you can hear the too, excitement man. in my You're voice. Lot, you called me. <laughs> yes, we were all very excited to see it. And, of course, if you haven't watched the movie yet, this is going to be full of spoilers, so be forewarned, we're going to talk about all the stuff that you might not want to hear. So you got your warning right now. We both love, we all love the movie. If you haven't, if you want to hear us talk, then we did a spoiler-free review directly after the movie. But right now, we're talking spoilers, and let's start right out. Did this movie make Tom Holland your favorite Spider-Man? And if not, what will it take? So he's always been my favorite Spider-Man, but to be fair, I haven't seen Toby's Spider-Man movies, uh, and I've only seen one of Andrew Garfield's. And I didn't care for Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, but I think that was more due to I didn't care for the style of the movie in general. So I don't think it was so much his Spider-Man as it was the film as a whole. Um, I did think he did really well as Spider-Man. Uh, but I think I like Tom Holland's Spider-Man because he's younger, so it's more believable that he's in high school. Um, he's very much more of a kid, um, which Spider-Man is. And I don't know, I it's just it the the amazing Spider-Man was so like gritty. I'm just kind of sick of gritty superheroes. 
Well, um, the point that, that's there is like the Amazing Spider-Man that c- debuted after the Dark Knight movie, so yeah. everyone realized like, hey, this dark superhero thing really does well. Maybe we should try it with all heroes. And Spider-Man really is kind of one of those heroes that's supposed to kind of stay lighthearted. I mm-hmm. love getting some dark moments for sure, and they could eventually maybe do a dark movie, but as of right now, he's kid favorite you can't go too dark with it you can't have doc ock blow up a hospital like the joker did in the dark knight that's just not how this goes with that character yeah i think i think they did like the proper amount of dark actually with this movie uh no way home um because like skipping to the very end where he's like peter tom's peter is, yeah i was gonna say peter one peter yeah one. tom's peter is about <laughs> to like commit murder and he's he's hasn't killed yet like he doesn't have like a kill yet and the other spiders stopping him was like just like a really big powerful moment i think and sure like the fact that like toby's spider-man didn't even have to say anything like it was all with his eyes like i that's an anchor right there just the eye contact that i could see this movie made me want to go watch toby spider-man because Mm. i don't i i mean it could just be the way he's interacting with the other spiders but oh my gosh he has so much depth to him all right i agree i thoroughly recommend watching the old movies because they are fantastic the him tom holland looking a little bit younger than the other two is a good point in the original Spider-Man 2002, we had Joe Manganiello in probably his mid-20s looking huge, playing like a junior or senior in high school, which wasn't necessarily believable. But I want to hear, what do you think? Uh, Darius, what's your perspective? Because you are a big Spider-Man guy, and you've clearly seen all of the movies. So how do you rank uh, Tom Holland in your uh, rankings? Tom Holland's going to fall at number two for me with Tobey Maguire ultimately being number one. Uh, Primarily, it will be because uh, for nostalgic purposes. But as Rhea also touched on, it's uh, it's dark. You know, I I, Tobey actually went through quite a bit of tragedy. It's Marvel. It has to be more lighthearted and focused on action, which I do a, a, a great job at doing. But. I felt Toby, you know, he really fought some trials, tribulations, and, you know, committing some murder uh, a little bit, you know, here and there. I doubt, you know, it's, assist, it's assisted a little bit, but uh, I think ultimately, like you said, Tom Holland being younger, perfectly casted for this role, because if you want to have this longevity within this, uh, the Spider-Verse or the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Right. Uh, he has to, you know, look younger because I mean, looking at back at uh, Toby in high school, man, those kids are old. But I mean, that's back when also you casted people a lot older. I mean, we got to give credit where it's due. It was 2002, so that was kind of just uh, status quo in Hollywood. So we can't really blame yeah. Spider Man for that. Eh, yeah, but, but well, what, ultimately what number two. Okay, what was that, Ray? I also really like about Tom's is, I mean, I haven't seen The Amazing Spider-Man in so long, so I could be wrong, but I really like about Tom's Spider-Man just in general with superheroes, how like he always like, when he's in a fight, he'll walk with a limp or like holding his side. Like you can 
clearly see he's injured and like the stuff he's going through he's like yeah he should definitely be looking injured and like with a lot of superheroes it's like oh you got blasted into a column oh well uh that's just a little brush a little dust off your shoulder you're totally fine whereas he's gonna like show that he's injured a little bit in his acting and i really like that just I, in a superhero hero movie as a whole they, they did a great job with toby in that sense especially like in the classic uh scene where he stops a train where he can see just the destruction and uh of his suit where it's just like ripped and he's just beat up but at the same time you think back to that moment he plopped right up after waking up but i think that was more just due to exhaustion versus actually just hurt physically yeah. All right. There's what what is it gonna take? Do you think Toby could ever be overtaken as your favorite Spider-Man? Because we are now through six Tom Holland movies, I believe. We got the Spider-Man trio, Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame. And he's done a fantastic job. I don't think they've missed with that character yet. And to be honest, I'm still in agreement with you. I still barely like just there's a little bit of me that still roots for Tobey Maguire as my favorite Spider-Man. And that's that's hard for me to make that call. So if they make one more bomb movie, it's probably going to have Tom Holland succeed him. But I believe now that the safety net is ultimately removed now that he doesn't have the techie suits. He actually has a suit where, you know, he's it's just him. And that's what uh, Tony Stark always touched on. It's like the, those were training wheels. His suit initially was a training wheel focused on uh, protecting him. And, he, you know, they're decked out as well. But now it's it's him. So I need to see what goes on forward, uh, goes forward with him. And also now that we are going to get traditional uh, Spider-Man stories, not just. All right. The world's in danger. The Avengers, our favorite band. Let's get together. So. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> the Avengers band line was super fantastic. Classic. And I'm I'm with you. I actually, like, it bummed me out that MJ no longer knows and Ned no longer knows at the end of the movie. But what they did where they had uh, Tom really embrace being an adult, getting his own apartment. He no longer has Aunt May to lean on, which we are going to touch on her death scene a little bit later on in the episode. <sighs> He's got the brand new suit and it doesn't have all the tech upgrades. I do want to know, uh, Ray, what is your reaction to the suits? Because you were the resident cosplayer. I really like the suit. Uh, first of all, I really like, because like he made his suit in the first time we saw him. Uh, he had like that sweatsuit. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, which, it was cute. Um, but I really loved <laughs> the thought of the fabric scraps and the sewing machine. Um, how like he's upgraded from like slapping things together to like full-on like assembling his own stuff and it feels very like classic spider-man to me and the suit like it's got a it's a really different design from his other suits uh not just because For of sure. the lack of tech but um it has more of like the classic comic book kind of style it's a it, comic book accurate costume which yeah. it's the first time we've seen i mean that bright of blue hasn't been done yet so i actually i really did appreciate the bright blues of it yeah and, andrew garfield's was lighter than toby mcguire's mm-hmm. but definitely not to this extent and i really liked how it was a really nice blend of both andrew and toby's spider-man suits like he incorporated a lot of those elements because I mean, it's more of the comic book style, but all the Spider-Man suits have kind of drawn on different elements from the comic book style. And I feel like it's, it just perfectly marries like all of those together. Um, I also really like um, the, because the blue is almost sparkly, 
Yeah, and it's bordering sparkly. Like, mm. I a hundred percent believe that he went into Joanne Fabrics and <laughs> pulled that off a bolt at out of their cosplay section because that is exactly the kind of fabric you would find there. And I, part of me, like rolls my eyes because, like, of course it makes a lot of sense, and the other part of me is like, it it brings a sort of realism to it like he's not getting like fancy like custom screen printed fabric he's getting he's getting fabric mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which i like about it uh Darius, real quick what's uh what's your opinion on the new costume what were your feelings toward it uh i was just i was thrilled with just about the fact that now it's just him it's it's he's gonna rely on his skills his ability uh like i said very nostalgic as well but i'm just i'm very excited to see what goes what comes next uh how do they move forward and i love the fact that his apartment was crap when he opened up and i saw that yep. apartment i was like Ooh, one bedroom all right now yeah, we're getting to the nitty-gritty well i guess a studio yeah this is one of those yeah. studios well, i didn't even have his own bedroom i don't think it, it I... I was hoping that it was going to be the same apartment from Spider-Man 3, but it wasn't. I was like, oh, that would have been so funny with the same landlord. I loved how he looked up as soon as he heard the sound, because, like, there's the walls are paper thin. Right. So you can really tell it's crappy, even aside from just, like, the environment, the way it looks, uh, that the sound travels so well. So, yeah, I think it'll be be exciting to see him explore his new space. All right, let's broaden this up just a little bit. So there are a lot of characters in this movie. I personally think they did a pretty good job at mm-hmm. handling every character, but what is what are your opinions on did every character get enough development? Because th- we did kind of get a collection of villains. Obviously, we got a collection of Spider-Men. We got Doctor Strange. We got Wong. We got MJ. We got Ned. There's a lot of characters that kind of all needed some screen time. So do we uh, do we believe that they all got the justice they deserve? I mean, I felt a little bad for uh, Sandman in a sense because it was yeah. once again he had to kind of turn heel or he felt to turn heel because I mean he, he didn't trust anyone. So let alone Spider-Man himself, like he trusted Peter, and that's one reason he trusted Spider-Man initially. But then after that, he's like, I don't know you, and then I, I think he just panicked and you know zapped him because he just didn't know what was going on also magic everyone was so astounded by magic as well so Mm -hmm. i felt there wasn't much explore but then at the end you get it's very um felt heartwarming just to see him being able to turn back to man to just human uh and then also same thing with lizard but it was just wasn't much lizard lizard i think lizard was the least developed out of all of them but it's also you know you know one of those things where it's it's it was okay with me what about uh what do you think ray i i think it did a really good job um connecting all the characters because like especially from my perspective because i hadn't seen toby's movies so i didn't i don't fully know those villains i still got enough to understand what was happening and still like understand the importance of what was happening um without like having all of the detail information um, so I really like how they were able to give enough for people who like me who hadn't seen it, but it's obviously not over uh, like going into way too much detail where it's mm-hmm. boring for the people who have. 
Um, and I feel like they covered, like, yeah, they didn't cover all of the villains in great detail, but I think they, they touched on the ones that were, like, the most key, that are going to have, like, the most, um, like, they have the most character to develop and more, like, emotion behind it. Like, there's more of a connection with uh, Doc Ock and, um, mm-hmm. like, Big just, Gobble. like, he- yeah, helping heal them. There's more of a connection there than a talking lizard. <laughs> right, yeah. And that that's a very good point. I didn't think of that personally because I have seen the other Spider-Man movie. But they they did, like, a really good job of bringing back old characters and giving you enough context to understand the importance of those characters, but they didn't harp on things too in depth to the point where you had to watch the movies in order to watch this movie and enjoy it. What are your thoughts about the focus on Electro really? It was like, I think it was more just star power because it's Jamie Foxx rather than just focusing on his character. I mean, it was very enticing for him to say, all right, we're going to make you look hot. What you was. Yeah. And I mean, one, he definitely is. Oh, never mind. Never mind. I'll, I'll check that out later. That, that's a good point. Yes. Um, I think the star power has a little bit to do with it, but I also think that that character needed a redemption arc because that was one of the number one complaints yeah. about the Amazing Spider Man 2 is how nerdy they made Max Dillon before he fell in the vat of electric deals, yeah. how dumb he looked being blue as opposed to the green and yellow color scheme and i think the way they did jamie fox in this movie was visually fantastic there were points where he used his lightning and the yellow mask kind of showed yes up his face. and i really appreciated that because first off in the comics that mask is stupid it's one of the dumbest costumes in <laughs> history <laughs> so the fact yeah. that they were able to use his powers and kind of make that kind of show up there and it still looked cool but it didn't have to stay there I appreciated. Dumbest costumes in comic book history, man. I, I hate to jump. See, I was gonna say, book Captain Boomerang really pisses me off when I think about it. Oh, man. The yeah. polka dot man. They redid that in Suicide <sighs> Squad. That was that was pretty yeah. cool looking too. Okay. I mean, You're right. worst worst outfit in comic book history is like that's a pretty high bar. A lot yeah. of costumes are awful. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> All right. Well. I want to talk on one specific character because he is so important to the MCU. How do we think, do you guys think they handled Dr. Strange well in this movie? Cause he kind of got sidelined for a little bit. The explanation wasn't bad. He was there for the beginning and definitely there for the end of the movie, but he was kind of gone for that middle portion stuck in the mirror dimension. I Were we okay need- with that? I think he needed him to be out. For, yeah, I agree. It wouldn't for have worked the story to work. Because if he had been there, he would have tried. It would have just been him and uh, Tom's Peter just fighting at it, and he wouldn't have gotten all. It would have been a completely different story if he had stayed around. Yeah. So this I is think. The, go ahead. I think you needed to get him out of the main storyline for the time that he was, and pulling him back in at the end was just the perfect point. Um, I think it was really well done. I would have loved to see more Doctor Strange just because he's such an interesting character. Yep. But I think I think he had to be out of the story as much as he was. Mm, I agree. I, My love. Go ahead, Darius. Oh, I I say I agree as well. But just to play the other side of it, I mean, I do understand he has to not be there because uh, 
He's just one of the focal points, probably one of the most important characters in the MCU right now. And this is mm-hmm. Tom's story. But uh, I mean, I think it'd just be great that he was there. Cause I mean, he didn't out, Spider-Man didn't just out magic him. He, you know, out geometry, out mapped him. Uh, out mapped him. Yeah. him. But it's just, mm-hmm. for me, I was felt pretty bummed about it because I mean, one, you know, he's kind of robbed Dr. Strange and WandaVision. And it just feels like it's just been such a long time since I actually been able to see him and, you know, robbed of him in Endgame. And the last time I really got to see him in action is Infinity War. So it's just, you know, you miss him when he's such a folk, uh, very important character. And we got a little bit of him in What If, which was phenomenal. And he played such a prominent role there. But mm-hmm. <sighs> just a bummer. That's all. Yep. My love for Doctor Strange is well documented on this podcast. He's still one of my favorites, but I think the way they handled him in this movie, while it bummed me out that I can get to see more of him, I think it was perfectly well done. And this is the third Spider-Man movie in a row where they really nailed this idea of taking a prominent MCU-like staple, having them featured in the movie and having some screen time, but not making them the primary focus of the entire movie. And they they did it once again with this one. I think they did. It was perfectly well done. The hassle of making the sanctum just, you know, for this, the whole snow scene and blizzard scene, just for did that briefly. Man, I feel bad for a cleanup crew. Oh. Yeah, Side I bump. mean, I'm sure they're getting paid plenty of money, but <laughs> that's a that's a good point. Um, definitely. <sighs> Um, we do get to see, you know, we're going to talk about the post credit scene at the very, very end of this here portion, but we did get to see a little bit more Doctor Strange there, which I appreciated. And yes, uh, again, we got to see evil Doctor Strange, which it's, I don't think it's confirmed, but it might as well be that it's the evil Doctor Strange from what if so. I mean, um, the costumes are pretty similar. Uh huh. I mean, there's not a giant purple Mary. cape, but he definitely looks like he has a pretty he, similar outfit. On. He might just not have the giant purple cape with with him at the time. Yeah. Well, let's just uh, let that. So that's Doctor Strange. We we love him. We're so excited for his new movie because he's, I believe, the next MCU film to come out. Uh, Morbius is an MCU yep. that's coming out in January. We're gonna do a parking lot <laughs> review for that one too. Ray's laughing about something. You um you weren't there when that trailer played in the theater. Uh, um, that's true. I was getting I, my wife snacks. <laughs> I was, I was in sitting, line for a long time. Which she told me you'd be very upset about this, so I'm apologizing beforehand. I oh. was sitting next to Coach's brother, and we were trying to figure out who, what movie this was, which character it was, and he was very adamant that this was a vampire. I was like, it's a bat. Oh, God. It's a Batman. He's Batman. It, uh, he is part bat, it. part man. And he's like, no, he's a vampire. He's like, vampires and bats are connected. He's Ray, literally you know. a Batman. Oh, just you just killed me a little there. bit. You killed me a little bit inside. It's, I mean, uh, Batman is a character. Yeah, right. he, he resembles a bat. <laughs> he's got a thing about bats. This guy is literally a bat man i will forgive you only because you're the fan favorite and this podcast (laughs) would be nothing without you no i'm kidding but i there's also go ahead there's there's also man bat remember that battle where it's like yeah yeah oh my gosh oh it's so cringy when you think about it all right yeah but morbius is a vampire and we get he's gonna be a darker uh anti-hero type of thing for the sony universe 
it looked like Marvel was like stepping into like horror, horror land yeah. with that one. I think that's kind of uh, what Sony's niche is going to be because they're they don't have to be as campy as the MCU. Not that all of MCU movies are campy, but there is a certain amount of it that is, mm-hmm. and they're a lot. They're, I think they're going a little darker with their characters. I wish I to this day I still wish they would have done Venom Two as rated R and we got to really embrace Carnage mm. as a character because he's a serial killer and you only really get reference to that in the movie. But it's fine. We'll leave that alone. But speaking of villains in the Sinister Six, what villains did you guys enjoy the most in this movie? Their return. Which one did you appreciate the most? If you had to pick one. Well, the only villain that i got to see again was the lizard guy and i i don't care for him at all i didn't care about i didn't care for him the first time around i did not care for him the second time around um but i think out of all the villains i was most fascinated by doc ock yep i can't put my finger on why but he i found him most intriguing it's because spider-man 2 is still the best spider-man movie made so (laughs) It's close, though. I really like this movie. I might change my mind on a second watch, but yeah, Ray, you, you need to you need to hop on those old ones just just for your own you know happiness because those movies are fantastic. Yeah, I I mean, it took me. I watched I watched Far From Home Monday. That's how long it took <laughs> me to get, get oh. catching up. Yeah, the interesting so, thing about Ray is that you are a big fan of the characters you love the most, and the other ones can mostly just get bent in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, take a backseat. You're kind of right. <laughs> That's okay. We still appreciate you being on the pod. Now, Darius, I'm just you really busy. Oh like, you I want to see Shang-Chi and I want to see Eternals. They're on Disney Plus. Well, the Eternals isn't yet, but Shang-Chi is. I just rewatched yeah. Black Widow for the first time since the theater last night. I love Black Widow. Yeah. All right, Darius, what villain did you love seeing return the most? Uh, it would be William, William Defoe's Green Goblin, primarily mm-hmm. because I, I thoroughly enjoy uh, anything that can deal with a, a, a very battle of the psyche. Um, and the fact that after he even smashed the helmet and, you know, they did one of those prime scenes where the helmet's just, they're exchanging, they're bantering. Oh, exactly. Yep. It's just like, oh man, I'm really fighting my demons right now. And right it's just like... First movie too, because that was kind of a main thing where the mask was talking to uh, here, uh, what, Osborne like the whole time. And so then the mask is gone where he is uh, fighting uh, just with himself. And it's right. so great to see those two, like, when he just turns, it's like flipping a, a different coin to just see, you know, oh, what happened? Did did I do something? And I was like, oh, no. So sweet. Yeah, he should have killed you still. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did really like with that character how you could tell, like, just in his facial expressions, you could tell which side of the character you were looking at. Um, which just speaks to the actor's acting abilities. Yep. Uh, one more character I wanted to touch on. I actually didn't put it in the doc, so this might catch you guys a little off guard. But I, yeah. what did we think of the Daredevil return? It, it made me so happy that I audibly said, let's go in the theater, which I am not one to talk in the theaters very often. Ray was next to me. I'm sure they appreciated it. <laughs> and 
yeah, so Charlie Cox makes his return as Matt Murdock. What what did you guys think? Did you watch the Daredevil show, Ray? By no. <laughs> no? Okay. Well, that's well, okay. Daredevil. That's on Netflix, right? Yes. It is. Netflix. It is. Okay. Please, please do. Uh, it was awesome. list. That one. I promise you, these are all on the list. <laughs> You'll get to them. No. This it, list sounds it, scary. Skip, skip iron fist and luke cage if you have to you can skip jessica oh, yeah, jones I haven't seen season two and three as well but i want to uh, see jessica jones just because of david Tennant. yeah there watch the first season the next oh season. the doctor <laughs> yes um, <laughs> but yeah see daredevil and punisher if you're gonna watch the netflix shows and all those ones which i mean quick side tangent speaking of the doctor um the end of no way home really gave me doctor who vibes with um, mm. matt smith and clara how like and with um, Ten and Donna, how both of them forget who the Doctor is. And that just kind of gives me hope yeah. that they follow a little bit of that arc. And they, well, at you least are, with Clara and they get their memories back. You are hitting a realm of nerddom I am not involved in. So that was fun. I'm not normally the one that doesn't know what's going on. So <laughs> Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm pretty behind what? on Doctor Who as well. But yeah, I was getting Same. some real Doctor Who vibes. Especially... Uh, in the teaser trailer for um multiverse of madness there were um when they're peeking into like some sort of like pocket dimension or whatever and it looked like they were looking out of the tardis and i was like what am i watching am i in marvel or doctor who (laughs) Uh, anyway it really Well, and then just one more a little bit. I uh, just like Tom Holland's <laughs> performance back in and at the end of Infinity War really gave me uh, David Ten- Tennant. Uh, I don't want to go uh, vibes oh as well. Gosh, yeah. So right. Oh no. Oh, I'm sorry, Josh, but you got to watch Doctor Who. Okay. It's phenomenal. Oh, all right. Okay. Well, if I have time to watch twelve seasons of back catalog Doctor Who, I'll let you know. But that's start the ninth Doctor. I know it's that's okay. what people tell me if I'm going to watch it, I can watch from the nine on. But what, Darius? You did watch the Daredevil Netflix show, so how excited were you to see that character return? Oh man, he is so smooth still. Because he's just like, uh, I love where everyone's amazed when someone throws a rock through the window. He just yeah. catches it and, and he's like, he's like, How'd you do that? Well, I'm a great lawyer. I'm <laughs> a really like, good lawyer. I, know, I love <laughs> that, yeah. I that line. Love this character, but I love that that's his explanation. No, so funny. Well, yep, I mean, so he, just, he didn't have much screen time. I just wanted to acknowledge that my excitement, Daredevil, is by far one of my favorite Marvel characters. So getting to see him make make his debut in the MCU the day after Kingpin makes his debut. Dun dun dun. And uh yeah, this is a this this is full of spoilers, so I'm allowed to spoil Hawkeye too. Deal with it. <laughs> But uh, let's let's get back to the to Spider Man. I know we kind of went on a tangent then, but I had to make sure that was mentioned. But let's talk about the Aunt May death scene. Darius, you had a little bit of an issue with that one, Ray. Oh. I don't know your feelings on that. I know you look like you were about to cry, and I was like, I don't. I, I, do you? I almost offered you a drink of pop. I was like, <laughs> I don't know how to cover it right now. <laughs> I don't um, know what I'm doing. No, I was. I wasn't about to cry. I was very emotional, which is why I brought my feet up onto the theater oh, yeah. seat. No, you you went I full. At <laughs> a couple <laughs> times. Um, last time I did that was in Infinity War. Uh, mm. As soon as everybody started disappearing, just the knees came up. And <laughs> but um, yeah. as soon as soon as she said. 
great power comes with great responsibility. I was like, she's dead. She's dead. She's dead. dead. It's like hearing somebody cough in a period film. You know they're going to die. Oh, yeah, they're done. And I was like, (laughs) you're done, buddy. I was like, I mean, I'm glad I kind of figured it out a little bit ahead of time before it happened. I got to ease myself into it. That was but, an interesting way. Like the uh, fact that she kept yeah. getting up, I was like, "Is she gonna be better? How how does this work?" She didn't get impaled by the uh, glider, which that threw me off a little. But I guess if she would have gotten impaled, we couldn't have. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Darius. Let's. Mm-hmm. Let, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Oh man, so <clears throat> I was very disappointed initially because I think it was. I've seen a lot of death scenes, and they always usually have a strong impact uh, with me. And honestly, I think. It this it kept going. It took so long, and I know they had to, you know, give her the Uncle Ben arc, which was very right. interesting. But of course, they you know we have to give those words uh, to her. But I mean, she just kept on saying, "I'm okay, I'm okay," which I kind of think now with her uh, initial outfit that she had on earlier, where it had the red the red tie around it. I think that now is kind of possibly some foreshadowing that she was going to have that uh, abdomen injury as well, possibly. I never would have noticed but, that. I, um, I'm weird. Uh, so I think. No, I'm tracking right with you as a customer. I, I see your, I see it. I, it was more impactful at the end of them visiting her gravesite with Happy, honestly, where I was pretty sad. I was sad later, I guess, but I think the impact of her death is what made me really bomb. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, is he going to get dark? Is he going to go this direction? But. Nah, he didn't. Not yet. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, that that scene essentially. I mean, my opinion on that is I was totally okay with it. I don't mind it because they they kind of got to switch things off from the comic books, which is always appreciated sometimes because we have seen the Uncle Ben story play out a couple different times, and in this uh, universe, we never got to meet Uncle Ben, so we never had the impact thing there where he said with great power comes great responsibility Mm. and it was never referenced within any of the old movies so it it worked for me to uh have her die that way but that's just as as someone that's seen uh the first two uh you know seeing andrew garfield and toby mcguire's spider-man do you feel that this was more impactful of a death as well because it had more of a build-up where instead you know uncle ben's gonna die in like the first 30 minutes um more impactful than andrew garfield's uncle ben because that was uh, it felt like rushed and something they just had to do again so i it was definitely we gotta kill him exactly but yeah not knowing anything about spider-man i that's how i felt watching it was like okay uh when does he die exactly (laughs) yeah but the first spider-man one i think it's because i was so young so really i didn't know Mm. the story of uncle ben dying that it made it so impactful watching that and even as a child that scene made me sad so maybe years of decades of being jaded by movies, <laughs> I'm not as huh. uh, impacted anymore. But uh, the first Uncle Ben dying was more impactful. Uh, but I put Marissa Tomei's mm. death uh, above Andrew Garfield's uncle, which I believe was Martin Sheen, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. Um, I I really liked the way that they did um, her death, and I really liked how they gave him. Like, they didn't have a ton of time available to do it in the movie, but I really like how they were able to give him some screen time to grieve, um, Mm. especially with Mm. uh, Ned and MJ. Um, And I think 
doing that and being able to pull in the other two Spider-Man right then was probably the perfect thing for that character. I had to guess that was probably the most difficult scene to like write yeah. for the writers because there's so much, there's like high stakes emotion both for the main character and just the audience getting introduced to their old heroes kind of. And yeah, that, that perfectly transitions into what my uh, next little point here was the intro to the other Spider-Man. Let's, let's talk about that intro. What did we, what did we think? Was it cool? Uh, my one gripe is I didn't fully like how it was exactly the same thing for both of them, but at the same time it made perfect sense. So I can't be too upset about it. I, so Again, I haven't seen Toby Spider-Man, but I don't know his, but something about him, especially when he's not in the suit, reminds me of Steve from Blue's Clues. Interesting. Oh my gosh, you're I right. She's right. I don't know what it is, but um, I think that also kind of helped me because even though I didn't, I don't have the background of his character he still like radiated nostalgia to me, but it also wasn't distracting. Yeah, so. people people sleep on Toby Maguire. He's genuinely a fantastic actor. You can see him in The Great Gatsby, which Gatsby was almost my one word uh, spoiler free review thing, but <laughs> I decided not to do wait. it because it was too deep cuts. Wait, wait, not- wait, wait, wait. The, Di- the DiCaprio Great Gatsby. Oh, oh, whatever oh my gosh, that is him. Yeah, he's not. I mean, DiCaprio's Gatsby, and then uh, Maguire plays the neighbor. I hate that movie, the, but the he neighbor. was great. Yeah, he was great in that. I forgot the I, neighbor's I, name. I hated that whatever. adaptation. Anyway, my list. He's of great movies actor. to watch. Oh great yeah, Gatsby. it's it's pretty solid. I mean, it was it was fun seeing uh, yeah, Maguire in that. And then he has another movie called uh, Brothers. I forget who his co-star was, but essentially in that movie, he went to war. He was considered dead. His brother helped his wife kind of raise the family and then they ended up getting together and then it turns uh, out that awkward. he's not dead and yeah that movie's that movie's something it's like a shakespeare drama is what that movie is i will but, watch uh, that one yeah toby mcguire's just a great actor so he he does and he does get he radiates nostalgia and that's crazy that you still felt that even though uh you personally had not seen those movies but uh darius what do you think about the uh the intro to the other two Oh, I think it was, it was, it didn't feel forced, you yeah, know, definitely it didn't feel forced as far as uh, them coming in and you had to find a way to get them in there. Uh, I, I, my only gripe with the scene is just people clap. Like people just stop and they start clapping. I'm just like, Our I know we're excited. A lot. They were screaming. Oh. They weren't clapping. They were screaming. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah. Our See. theater clapped at stupid moments too ray can attest <laughs> there was some moments where we're like why are we even clapping right now come on guys i mean i understood when the spider-man came in i was like okay you can applaud that i guess but it, it was it was a little much but they did throw some marvel humor into andrew garfield coming into the room i loved it his little like just chemistry with those other characters especially uh uh ned's umbuela or whatever <laughs> that was super I, funny i love how right from the moment he comes in he's like he's planning like sleepovers and movie nights with these guys. Like he is like yeah. full fun friend train straight ahead. It, I I loved that. I I loved 
This movie made me love Andrew Garfield as mm-hmm. Spider-Man even more. He's always been the third place Spider-Man, but like this movie just made me just really like him, honestly. He's he's also a really good actor. He's done plenty of movies. We don't even need to talk about everyone's acting resume, but he he, he knows what he's doing. He's, he's a professional actor. He's paid to do things, and he's funny. He plays the Spider-Man role. His banter in his movies probably top tier out of all of them like how well he did banter within fighting and stuff that's at least my opinion oh yeah yeah i agree with that i mean an amazing spider-man that was the one thing people felt that he was also playing too cool versus you know like nerdy and goofy and uh people just weren't a big fan of that i do love like you said that i that i felt there was a a there's an awareness that you know he is the number three out of all of them yeah, I mean, legitimately they, call it out. All right, I got some Peter three. Peter three. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah you playing. are. Oh no. I Although, did love. I did love his self-deprecating comments. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. And <laughs> Toby's being like, "No, you're amazing. You are amazing." And it's just like the like, yes. repetitive emphasis on amazing. It's no. like. I see what you're doing there. <laughs> we, we, we're, we're currently talking about the intro, but that scene, when we get to it, I've got a whole point about it. That is my favorite scene in the movie. The seven minutes, the three Spider-Mans been just talking about their lives and stuff. It's so gold. I was like, they kept this in here. This feels like a blooper reel. That's what this feels like right now. Well, mm. I liked it because they got to interact um but it also didn't stop the pacing of the movie because like a lot of times those scenes can kind of like pull you out of the pacing because it's just a slow moment in the middle of all the action but it's while you're waiting for the action to build so Mm -hmm. it it kind of fits perfectly in uh and you you do want to see them like bantering and interacting that way um so i was really glad that we got to see that I was pretty happy with them just doing everything also in the lab when they were coming up with the cures and they were kind of exchanging uh, similarities between their universes and the experiences as well. At that point, oh, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people were upset about the uh, fact that, Hey, how did they come up with all these different cures that long? I was like, well, I felt like one, uh, the help with start technology as well. It was pretty easy to make a new inhibitor chip for doc, 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 but also for the Green Goblin, I mean, it sounds like Toby, like you said, he's been, you know, th- thinking about this and sitting on this for such a long time and losing Franco as well. Not Franco dying, but just, you know, him losing him as a friend as well. Did he die? No, no. Did he? Oh, he did die. Oh, oh, no, I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. Oh, is a spoiler alert for you? I'm sorry. Oh, well, anywho, James Franco. It, was, it came out in what? 2007? Eight, uh the time. third one was eight i think seven or eight yeah okay. something like that well him losing both of them he's had a lot of time to sit on this find a cure and then for andrew garfield's uh for the lizard i mean they already he he cured them so it's different yeah also uh tom's tom's peter had started working on a cure so he already had like a base to work off of too um on top of having already been thinking about how to cure him and then do you think the chest piece they just had to remake it and make it work faster so do you think that we would have to worry about electro more if he actually got a hold of um a newer arc reactor because the one he got a hold of was the one for iron man 2 um 
Yes, I mean, produce, yeah, that's when he just created the new, found a new element. But if he would have got hold of a newer one, like in Iron Man 3, should we be worried? Or you think it would have caused it, you know, more of an issue? I think the way they did it, you're, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, that's uh, they, they definitely did that well then. Because if he would have had the most advanced arc reactor, he probably would have been even more unstoppable. And they even comment on Electro within the movie that they, like, I've never seen him this powerful, which was, really cool because honestly electro is as dumb as his outfit is he is one of the better villains in uh spider-man's rogues gallery so him getting to kind of fully embrace how powerful he can be within this film even though he's surrounded by a bunch of other things going on that was somehow managed to stay prominent which i appreciated man that's such a great time i might rewatch that uh one thing i want to know though uh I'm curious about what happened in the last few years to the other two Spider-Men. I want to know so bad because they talk about it a little bit. I want to know it, how much time has passed. That too. I and believe like it's... Thing, he went dark. I was like, ooh, I want to know about that story. He stopped pulling his punches. I believe they're all actually from the same time. The same, uh, let's say, same year. So I don't know. Is it 2024, 2025 or something like that right now? Okay, speaking of that... Six, what was seven, five years later. what I kind of what I noticed, and I was like, "Aha! I see what you're doing there." Um, when we see Aunt May's grave, there's a rose covering the last two digits of the year. Oh, really? So it just says twenty. I was like, mm. "You did that, so you didn't have to do the math." I appreciate Good it. Good catch. <laughs> Good catch. That's super funny. I believe, like you said, though, Andrew Garfield, I think he's out. He When you say he stopped pulling his punches, similarly to how uh, Tom Holland stopped pulling his punches towards the end of oh, yeah, on the final battle on the shield. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> tuning up. Um, I don't know. I believe he was out there murdering. And then Toby, I think Toby found a balance. You know, he has love in his life and they're making it work. And he's also mm-hmm. being Spider-Man. That's just what I believe. I'm very interested to hear what your thoughts are as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I just, I, I don't think it's gonna happen because it just, it won't work. But I would love to see the other two get developed in like a Sony film and get to like kind of go back into their universes. But obviously, that's not gonna happen. Even though we all kind of want it to, that'd be fun to see the return of Kristen Dunst. And, uh, I, I want them all to make appearances in the next uh, Spider Verse. Ah, yes, the new Spider-Verse movie. If they should get at least one or all of the live-action Spider-Man to do like okay, a cameo. Okay, but just, just think about it. Think about Miles meeting uh, Tom's Peter talking about how they both have met other spiders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Miles being oh. like, hey, have you met the pig? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, uh, Mulaney. I hope, I hope Spider-Ham comes back for the new one. Yeah. Which I loved the little um, like nod to Miles in the film. Oh yes. my god, that was one of the best jokes of the movie. <laughs> but that, that also that also made me think because the whole thought of this is that people that knew Peter Parker was Spider Man came. So I'm like, did he not know? Like he knew he he knew Spider Man was Peter Parker. Did he just not know who he looked like? Or was he just talking like before? That might be a continuity I, was, I got a little confused. With that. Yeah, I, I think that genuinely might be a continuity error where uh, Andrew Garfield 
I think he was, he did meet, uh, or excuse me, Peter Parker played by Andrew Garfield did meet Max Dillon prior to him becoming Electro. So yeah, he, he probably wouldn't have been under the assumption he was black. So maybe that was just, that's, that's a really good point. I never would have like caught that, even though it's one of the funniest jokes in the movie. So get on it, Marvel. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I sat on it. All right, let's talk the final battle. It was visually appealing. It was fantastic. It was everything I wanted to see. All the the spiders working together. I love how they acknowledge that they're not used to working in a team and they kept crossing webs and like hitting each other and things. It's fantastic. So, what what was uh what were your thoughts on the uh the final battle here, Darius? You can go first. Uh, I think it was very poetic all the way to the end because of uh, the end of them fighting on Captain America's shield and it mimicked the Civil War scene where I hate it. But Captain America took the shield, drove it right into Tony Stark and the yep. shield being the hence the glider. Oh, I just don't like Captain America. Oh, but anywho, <laughs> it, I think they did a great job of just giving a lot of nods, you know, everything from MJ falling down, Andrew Garfield, that was his redemption. And that oh, was, we're gonna that talk about was that probably the second most emotional scene to me. Third Aunt May, first the visiting Aunt May is great. I don't know why that bothered oh, The most me emotional for me was by far Andrew Garfield catching MJ and him starting to cry when she said she was okay. I was like, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> I loved yeah. it though. The redemption. That was beautifully oh, done. So good. It made me so happy. Oh man. Dominique, my, my wife called it right before it happened too. Cause like, I guess most people saw it coming for some reason to me being the big Spider-Man Marvel guy. I still didn't see it coming. So hey, <laughs> good on them. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad it happened. It was fantastic. It made me so happy. Ray, what were your thoughts on the battle scene? I, I really liked it. Um, I liked how, like, they they weren't in sync because they hadn't been participating as a team before. But also, the fact that they still cannot name it the Spider Tinkle <laughs> yeah, the funniest yeah. thing to me. It's just spider uh, sense, but the, nobody calls trust, it that. Trust your tingle. tingle. Trust the tingle. Trust, trust. Um, really, though. I, I really like how... Like they they drew on that and they fell into sync like really quickly, um, and just like trusted each other completely. Um, it was really interesting uh, to watch the three of them interact and think about um, Loki, the TV series, mm-hmm. um, how they're all variants of each other. Yeah, technically, well, but, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and yeah, because. Like, and thinking how, like, oh, those Spider-Men are, like, completely different people. And people still think that Loki and Sylvie are, like, the exact same person. It's, like, variants are their own mm-hmm. distinct people. And then it just kind of, like, made, got me thinking about, like, the how they mentioned temporal auras in Loki. And how it's basically, like, each person has a slot in their timeline story. And... Like, it's not so much that they're the exact same person, but different versions. It's There's different people in those slots. So they're all Peter, and they all fit the same role as Spider-Man, but they're all still their own unique individual person. And I really liked getting to see all of those, like, the three of them 
being so unique in their own ways, but also still being the same person and blending together so well. I love that you touched on the fact that there are variants and it also made me think as well as this, that this must be post Loki because the TVA does not exist in the sense as if, you know, those villains went back, they are now uh, Nexus events and they would yeah. be white. TVA so. would be freaking out. Yeah. Which also gets me thinking, I wonder what, when this takes place in relation to Loki because at the end Peter says like to do the spell to make everybody forget mm-hmm. but if Sylvia's already killed he who remains and opened the multiverse or if she's about to that whole spell's gonna be like a moot point because they're just gonna be coming in anyway so it's not yeah. so that's a lot I'm confused. Um, I have some questions for Sylvie, and I'd really like to sit her down and ask him. I'll I'll text Kevin Feige for you real quick, and I'll let Sweet. you know cool, what he cool, says. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, as you guys could tell by watching this movie, every single character that we predicted was going to be in this movie was clearly in it. Colin Weaver prominently featured. They were all in the purple that you know the splitting of the multiverse. All, everyone we called, including Godzilla, and Jeremy Irons. Everybody else on the planet, they made a cameo. Darius doesn't quite get this joke, but it's it's okay. I don't. Um, yeah, the battle, my third favorite joke of the movie was uh, Tom Holland saying, I don't mean to brag or whatever, but I was part of the Avengers. You're like, what's the Avengers? Is that a, is that a band? band? <laughs> I also loved um, when Doctor Strange came through that you were in the Grand Canyon? Yeah, yeah. Oh my, my gosh, favorite joke yes. of the whole movie was... How are you gonna go? How are you gonna go out and fight dressed like a cool youth pastor? Yes. That was so funny. <laughs> I don't know why I loved it so much, but it's and then just it the collar pull and you see the suit. Yeah, it, it remains my favorite uh, joke in the movie. I also, think mine is gonna fall along there when they finally bring up the uh, webs. Actually, and he's like, "What's that?" And he's like, "Web, my web for my web shooters." And he's like, "Wait." What? And then it's like, you yeah. make your own webs, like, within your body? Oh, that loved it. <laughs> it was so funny. Okay, oh. well, that, I think we covered, I mean, all, obviously all the villains got to have some pretty cool scenes. They got their cures. Uh, everything resulted how, kind of how you wanted it to. They all end up going back to their respected universes and all that good stuff. So let's let's go just after the final battle. That's kind of the climax of the movie. And then we get to really end the movie and we get to see peter try and live his life without people knowing him how did you two feel about the uh conclusion of this movie a lot like doctor who it was kind of sad but i'm also it's- really excited to see where it's gonna go yeah. um i'm really really mad on mj and ned's behalf um but i understand why peter did not introduce himself because he want because he was gonna do it until he saw that band aid. Mm-hmm. Yes, hundred percent. And then he realized that they're just he had caused them, them pain, uh, physically at least. And MJ and Ned, they were so set to be there for him, and they wanted to. And I'm mad because Peter won't let them, but I understand mm-hmm. why he won't let them. Which is, it's this weird like push and pull, like. 
I, I want them to remember him and I want them to be like friends again, but also I understand why Peter isn't doing it. So I'm curious to see how it will play out in the future. Quick note on MJ. I know that that was that they added to this movie, which was pretty cool. She was given her second last name of Watson. She said she doesn't go by it, but she's Michelle Jones Watson. So she's MJ Watson, but she doesn't go by Watson. That was, that was something they kind of added to this movie and I appreciated but uh, Darius, how are you feeling about the conclusion of this movie? That also made me really sad when we went to just go get that coffee. I was really bummed. But like you said, he understands that it causes more damage for them to be there. And I was also upset slightly on their behalf because I just don't like, uh, I don't know why, but I don't like when someone makes decisions without consulting the people around them. Yes. I mm-hmm. think I think that kind of just upset me a bit, but I do understand the reason and the justification as to why um the whole thing where the necklace was still there around her and while he looked at that uh that he got from uh insert country here because right now i'm it's blanking italy i believe the thank you can have a black dahlia necklace oh, ooh, <laughs> you're really good with the countries yeah, okay yeah. it's venetian glass that's where, that's where the yeah the canal is yeah, yeah. Oh, all right yeah, <laughs> I appreciated the fact that uh, that remained there because that show proved as to, oh, she still, she wasn't with me because I'm Spider-Man, which obviously we know, but, you know, he questioned it. That necklace mm-hmm. was still there. But uh, she doesn't know why it's there. Nah. Exactly. She just has an emotional tie to it and it's no reason. Oh, I'm so sad. I know. It makes me sad. <laughs> But uh, yeah, the conclusion of the movie, I was I was okay with. Um, I, they, I they're eventually going to get their memories back. I think at least those two because they're really important to this Spider Man's universe. Um, mm. I'm I'm curious if we're going to get some like animosity, well, not animosity, but some uh, some issues between them because I mean, one, we haven't met Harry Osborn yet in this Marvel universe, and Harry Osborn is well known for being one of Peter Parker's best friends, but also um, a love interest for Mary Jane. So we may eventually get this universe's Harry. We also haven't met this universe's Gwen Stacy. We haven't met this universe's uh, Black Cat, which is a a villain for the Spider-Man mythos. Felicia Day? Uh, Her first name is Felicia. Yeah, Black Cat also hasn't made an appearance Mm. in here. So I think what we're going to have is maybe even if they get the memories back, she's moved on like Zendaya has moved on to be with Harry, which both Zendaya and Tom Holland want that to be played by Timothy Chalamet. And I fully support <laughs> that casting because he's fantastic and he would That's be interesting. For it. We both want yeah. this. It's like, hmm. yeah, interesting. I could see, I could see that being a thing. And then he maybe meets a Gwen Stacy and there's, there's always like the friction where it's like, will they, won't they get back together? I think that could be a, primary plot point in the next couple movies and kind of just develop spider-man as a character but the most important thing i got out of the ending here is everything that spider-man did is still remembered every hero thing he's ever done he still has his history and that's perfect but he finally has a secret identity which is kind of something that's prominent in the comics but not prominent in the mcu pretty much no one really has an alter ego secret identity type of thing so i think further along these lines with these new characters that are being introduced we're gonna get 
more and more characters that have secret identities and that's going to become more of a focal point of the mcu yeah i like how everyone forgot peter but nobody forgot spider-man so like he's Mm -hmm. still able to like exist in the world and like be who he was but he's also got like a clean slate yeah which has got to be really tricky when it comes to like people that school knew him and stuff <laughs> oh he's done yeah because like i think that was well, a senior year anyway i think he's i don't know because he the didn't GED graduate book. he had yeah. a ged, yeah, book, GED book, so he's yeah. still he's got to get his ged well so, he's super smart so i think that's going to be like it'll be easy for him there. also he's technically still in high school so he would still know all that stuff for the test but the fact that he can no longer attend high school because they don't know who he is I mean, we could yeah, get to the so, point where he still gets to go to MIT, maybe. I mean, as Peter Parker has a new identity, no one knows he's Spider-Man. There's no yeah. controversy there. And Peter Parker being a college student is kind of a big deal in most iterations of the character. What were your thoughts? Uh, oh, and I was just thinking about the part where just like the necklace remained, I mean, his birth certificate, all that stuff still remains. Yeah. It's just that he's just a nobody Which- at the end of the right. day with it. He should still to go to high school because there should be records on him just like no one I mean, cares about peter parker it's all it is really yeah i don't, I don't really know what we She's want right. to do with that yeah my it's, brain uh... hurt it's like trying to bring logic into endgame you can't do it because then everything falls apart right mm. all right let's let's keep it moving uh where would you guys rate this movie the mcu is this top tier middle tier bottom tier for you for me it is a resounding top tier all the way to top five for me. That's my thoughts on it. I'd say probably like either the lower end of the bo- of the top tier or the top part of the middle tier. Like right, sure. right in between there. Yep, I like it, and that makes sense coming from you. You got a lot of characters you like more than Spider Man, and mm-hmm. I fully appreciate that. So understand it's it's not that i didn't like it it's i like a lot of other stuff more right so there's more to compete with up there but it's still very much up there i did very much like you've been a well-known spider-man fan you've been known to dress (laughs) in the miles morales outfit for events and he he, i know you love spider-man i do have a spider gwen suit i'm trying to sell it if anybody wants it but because i want to buy a new one anyway <laughs> uh i would say this falls at number five for me uh i thought about it actually for a little bit when he sent the sends the questions on over last yesterday so i would say just this at number five I, be, uh best spider-man movie in the marvel cinematic universe yep and I, I had originally put Far From Home. I think I put that in my top 10. I enjoyed that movie as well because I'm a big Jake Gyllenhaal fan. But this movie oh, topped it easy. So that's that's great. I mean, so to our fans out there, you know how we kind of rank things. So good movie. Recommended. If you're listening to this uh, podcast, though, I really hope you've already seen it or else we just ruined your life. And I warned you at the beginning, so that's your own fault. <laughs> now, where do we want peter's story to go we kind of touched on that just a little bit like we kind of might want him to go to college might want him to develop other characters but what what do we want to see out of tom holland's uh peter parker because he's in, he's clean slate yeah i'm excited to see him take more of like the traditional like spider-man path mm-hmm. because like he's had all this tech and like backing from like a rich guy but now he's he's 
like poor millennial Peter Parker. So. Yeah, he's like real Peter Parker from the comics. And yeah. yeah, that's that's the one thing that a lot of people had a problem with with Tom Holland's Spider-Man is he kind of just seemed like the spoiled Spider-Man, but he no longer has that moniker. He kind of yeah. had, has to start at square one. Yeah, but he also has all of this, all of his previous experience like as a base, um, like it was mentioned earlier, his training wheels. Um I I like how he's got this experience and now he can start from like your traditional Spider-Man uh and go from there. Yeah. I agree. That's what I want to see. Darius, what do you think? I I think like anyone, it's time to see this man uh do well now that he no longer has his sugar daddy. And I'm very <laughs> interested to see uh, how he progresses going through traditional villains, uh, eventually going to college and facing uh, issues of rent that will you know trouble him. I mean, I think rent might be his number three villain over these next few movies. Honestly, and then, dude, in New York, his rent's then, probably like five grand a month. Oh easy. Hey, man. Studio. And you want to know what? That is that is like an average apartment too, and it's still oh it's tough. People say you get a corner there, but closet not corner. Uh, but also, I th- I'm very interested to see what happens as far as what Fantastic Four being introduced, and a lot of speculation does lead to that they will buy the Avengers Tower, and then I would say probably after the second. Well, technically, at that point, the fifth Spider-Man movie, we'll see him start to reunite. Hopefully, he stays out of Avenger-like things or, you know, organization things. I love that. That is fantastic. I never even considered Ooh, Fantastic, fantastic before, really. That's, that's, yeah, good good word. Good Four. I love it. <laughs> but uh, Peter Parker's Spider-Man is actually in the comics. He's been one. He's really good friends with Human Torch. There was a Spider-Man and Friends TV show back in the, I want to say seventies or eighties, and they were really good buddies. And he's he actually at one point becomes a member of the Fantastic Four when one I don't remember which one, but one of them either passes away or goes in an extended uh, leave or something. And Spider-Man kind of helps pick up the uh, pick up the slack. So any relation to Fantastic Four would be really cool. No, um, I know that's that's about what we got to say. At least, you guys have any final thoughts on the movie? We're about to jump into the mid credit and post credit. So, any final I thoughts? I actually have to head out to work, so that's kind of the perfect timing. Oh, perfect. Me and Darius are going to talk about the mid so credit. You enjoy that. Wanda's getting a new suit, and that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> all right. Thank you for joining us, Ray. We will. I will speak to you shortly. Maybe we'll get you on another episode this week or something. Yeah, sounds good. Have a wonderful See you guys. time at work. See ya. Bye. All right, Darius. You and I, the buddies for life. Now, let's. <laughs> what did you think of the, this post credit or the mid credit scene with uh, Tom Hardy's Venom? It was very, um, at first, disappointing initially through it as you just watch and see him get a recap of the Infinity Saga. And then from there, a poor, a poorly done recap. And, you know, you have uh, a jump from, from Tom Lasso, I believe, right? Denny Rojas from Ted Lasso yes Ted Lasso and uh, you know he's doing a great job just promising like I promise you this is true and then you kind of hear the remorse and uh his voice when they talk about uh my family was gone for five years and 
and now that uh they're interested in going to see this character uh spider-man and they're like we should talk to this guy and actually nope boom he's gone so this actually was taking place i believe during the, the end of the battle and only like- yep and only for them to uh be gone and leave just a little piece of the symbiote the symbiote left behind um ray brought a good point and uh they would have touched on it if they were still here but uh the symbiote seems like it should have gone back to the universe with eddie brock if you want to get technical but Mm. i'm okay with it it's fine it's it's its own organism it it i mean it, it teased that we're probably gonna get a new venom now it's probably not gonna be played by Tom Hardy. What what do you think? Oh, yeah. Because I'm I'm big on Tom Hardy's movies. I think they're pretty good. I'm kind of a little disappointed that he's not gonna be this universe's venom. I think uh it's it could be a little bit of tug and war where there's they're just for lack of the better word, jerking us and tugging us around just because of the fact that uh we still are dealing with this madness of the multiverse. So I think there's mm-hmm. a chance he could return. Um I mean, I'm also sad that we're not going to get the Tom Hardy, but I think it's better off we get our own Venom with Tom Holland trying to try to navigate that uh, as it will be interesting if it starts to do similar thing where it, it changes personality, gets a black suit, which I feel Toby should have brought that up maybe. Like, hey, this green alien, I mean, this, this dark, uh, black alien. He brought up the black alien, yeah. Yeah, but, gave me uh, a pretty great suit as well. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's that's one thing that I I've thought about a little bit. I don't mind that the symbiote got left behind be, behind because Venom in the Sony universe is very much an anti-hero, and yes. I think Tom Holland's universe needs the villain Venom. I think mm. that is what needs to be developed. It needs to be the villain Venom that maybe gets a redemption arc later, or we just leave that Venom as uh, an eternal villain. That would be fine with me. And then we just get to see the anti-hero Venom within the Sony universe. But that's that's all speculation. But it was a fun little mid-credit scene. It's hilarious that the end of Venom, he switches to Spider-Man's universe. Everyone's freaking out. Yeah. And then he just goes right back. Do you think that we would ever, and I, I highly doubt it would happen, but just like how in some of the comics where uh, Venom would eventually, after Spider-Man, go to Flash, and then he would be... I want to oh, say the he's Flash Gordon one. Correct. Where then he's Agent Venom. I want to say. Yeah, I believe that's correct. And um, yeah, he is. He is uh, one of the hosts. So really, yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's. I could, I could see that. Okay, I'm, I, I'm on board for your writing. I will text by you right now and let him know. <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's kind of my thoughts on Venom, though. Um, a little bummed it's not gonna be Tom Hardy, but I'm also excited for the future of the character because he is a prominent feature on the rogues gallery for spider-man here so let's let's jump on ahead to the post-credit trailer Ooh. wasn't a scene it was it was a full-blown trailer now before we talk about it specifically what do you think of them doing this as like for the future of the mcu is that something you would be okay with or is that something that you kind of want this to be a one-time thing and we just get scenes in the future uh, I I love the fact that they give us trailer. I would prefer seeing still going forward in the future because I I'm now I'm kind of uh, worried about how because I wanted to watch a trailer a lot more uh, a lot more times so I can really analyze yeah. it. But right now I'm having a hard time to follow, find it. 
I rather get the post credit scene because I can always find post credit scenes. For some reason, I'm having a little difficulty finding this trailer uh, on the mm-hmm. internet in all the dark corners. And uh, yeah, it's it's easier when you get the scene. You can draw so much from it, and we can just speculate so much, and leads to a lot of possible disappointment. Mm-hmm. But I think it also leads in the right direction uh, yeah. in some cases. I personally believe that this is probably going to be a one-time thing because these two projects are so closely related, both dealing with obviously Dr. Strange and the idea of the multiverse. It kind of, the multiverse of Venice is not, it's almost a sequel to this movie, but Spider-Man's not involved. So it's, it's an interesting kind of dichotomy there, but I just I I'm, I think this is going to be a one-time thing. In the trailer, I I didn't mind it at all. I thought it was really cool. The trailer was fantastic. I'm on the same page as you, where I want to rewatch that trailer three or four times, like we could with a usual trailer release, and we we don't have that option at this moment. It's I'm just so curious. Like I I also believe this is just like the next step of WandaVision, because I'm just so curious. Because remember, she was just with the Darkhold, and in the trailer, she even has the full Scarlet Witch uh, um, costume on. And I'm just, I'm amazed. I'm very curious as to what power she may be, uh, she may hold Hmm. Uh, as a Nexus, what? What they call it? Next, you are Nexus a Nexus being. Okay. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, um, something along those lines. But yeah, trailer was cool. Uh, Doctor Strange again, well known to be one of my favorite Marvel characters. So him getting another movie, and we get to let's talk about the what if Doctor Strange. He showed up. He was in. Yeah. It. I mean, as far as everyone is concerned, it's the same what if Doctor Strange from the cartoon. So, yes, dark Doctor Strange totally on board with that uh fantastic he was a highlight of the the whole what if show i wasn't a huge fan of what if but we did do coverage on it on this channel so if you guys want to listen to our opinions on all these characters please go back to the back catalog but dark dark doctor strange awesome super pumped to see him in live action i'm really just so so happy that i'm gonna get the return of wanda because she's fantastic Mm -hmm and get to kind of explore this chaos realm and we have this voice that's telling dr strange that he really messed up but we don't know who that is and then we also got to see the return of mordo which i have been campaigning for since the first doctor (laughs) to finally bring back this freaking character because he's awesome it it almost i'm so curious because at the end you know the post-credit scene there it seemed like you know he's on this sense of revenge because of the abuse that took place like you can't break the rules which is something Wong and Doctor Strange are completely fine with I mean as he even speculated with the memory spell like you can't mess with that memory like you remember that party blah 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 no exactly so it's they're fine with the bending of the rules versus um Mordo who was he's very black and white that's like uh one of the biggest things about his character is he's like this is evil this is good any sort of like um the ancient one drawing power from the dark dimension is what really turned him against everything that he's believed in for so long. So yeah, I'm really excited to see dark, Doctor strange, really excited to see Mordo Scarlet, Witch is going to be awesome. That's all I've got to say about this trailer. I want to go in depth. So maybe when it's officially released by Marvel here on the podcast, we'll do a, we'll do a fun reaction, but there's any other thoughts on the post-credit scene. 
Oh, none at this point. I just need it to get out to the public, and so we all can analyze, speculate, and go to Reddit. Yep. All right. Well, that's about going to wrap it up then. Uh, it's a little bit longer episode, but we're, again, this is Spider Week. I believe this is going to be day three. It's fantastic. Darius, thank you so much for finally making your debut on my podcast. I love you so much, brother. Do you have anything you want to tease before you go? Well, you can always go to any streaming platform and look up Don't Argue With Idiots uh, as a podcast that I run where it's, it's a, a ranging of a variety of topics pending. I do a rotating co-host every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, Josh Kennedy from Facebook appears on a few episodes as well in a bonus episode. And I think in bonus episode two. So you guys go back and check that out. And I mean, once again, it was just an honor and a pleasure to speak with you and appear on this amazing podcast. All right. Thank you, sir. And thank you to the listeners. We appreciate you. Uh, Like, subscribe, do all the five star stuff. And I will talk to you tomorrow, it seems like. See you later. Don't have too much fun without us. (laughs) 